A second reading from the book of Acts. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. With many other words, he warned them and he pleaded with them, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Those who accepted his message were baptized and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I invite you to pray with me. O oh God, may the words that proceed from my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable to you, our rock and our redeemer. And may we hear the story of the Spirit. May it settle upon us, and may we learn to tell it. It's in your name that we have gathered and pray. Amen. The streets were bustling with the clip-clop of hooves transporting passengers and belongings throughout the city of Jerusalem. The gravelly sand crunched beneath the feet of the pedestrians. Unsettled dust, stirred up by the traffic, seemed to permanently linger in the air. The Jews, having been scattered among the regions in the diaspora, were gathered in the same place on this particular day as pilgrims to celebrate the harvest festival of Pentecost, or Shavuot. They brought with them a variety of languages that seemed to chatter throughout the streets. The languages were easily distinguishable, some with short, choppy cadences, and others slow and rhythmic like the flowing breeze. Throughout the city, preparations were made for the great celebration. And me preparing for a large celebration soon myself, I imagined that the to-do list was a mile long. Details needed to be tended to. Guests must be accommodated. And offerings must be spotless. As I let my mind wander down the long mile of preparations, I wonder, how would they all have celebrated and worshipped together if they spoke different languages? Since the text tells us that these were devout Jews, 
that were gathered in Jerusalem. Perhaps they were well-versed in Hebrew and they were able to manage with a common language. Or maybe they mingled in the familiarity of the temple and then after worship was over, they were able to go worship siloed with those who were like-minded and like-spoken individuals. Somehow, they all came together and celebrated. Well, the text gives us little time to soak in all of the scenery before it jumps into the attention-grabbing phrase, all of a sudden. All of a sudden, as the Jews gathered, it says, though they might even be in mid-thought, there came a sound like a mighty rushing wind. It blew through their ears and it raced past their thoughts. And a hush came over the streets. And in just a few moments, the faint sounds of chatter began again. This time, though, it came from a single house where this wind seemed to settle. A crowd had gathered outside of the house to see what was happening inside. And when they listened, they were bewildered because each one of them was hearing others speak in their own language. Well, the crowd must have been so befuddled that the exact words of what was said has gotten lost in the oral tradition being passed down before this story was written down. We don't know exactly what was spoken in the tongues of fire on that day. Perhaps it was even small talk to them. If the content of the speech then was not recorded, then perhaps it wasn't the words that made so much difference to the crowd. Perhaps instead it was the act. This group, having been filled with the Holy Spirit, had figured out how to celebrate together, free of the boundaries of language, of heritage, and if you will, understanding. Maybe the group inside the house did not go directly to their siloed parties after the synagogue, but rather they welcomed and extended hospitality to all because that's what the Spirit does. Isn't it interesting that the first act that the Spirit does that we get here in Acts is not establishing the bylaws of the early church, nor is it the Spirit choosing one or two disciples to lead, but rather it's teaching the church how to celebrate and how to establish a community together that welcomes all. The Spirit begins the Spirit's work teaching the church how to simply be together. This act of togetherness happened because people listened. If Eastertide, what we're just now leaving, if Eastertide is a season for bearing witness, then Pentecost, what we're now in today, is a season for listening. This is what one of the famous theologians, Walter Brueggemann, suggests in his commentaries. He says that this story is a juxtaposition to another story, the Tower of Babel, found back in Genesis whereby God confuses the language and scatters the people. It seems that in that story, the people were more concerned with building an empire than with building a community. 
And now, fast-forwarding to our story today, the gathered people are able to hear one another again through the working of the Spirit. And it's by this Pentecostal act of the willingness to listen that they brought each other together in a sense of community. These people were willing to listen to two things. First, they were willing to listen to the heavily accented and stereotypically uneducated Galileans speaking in other languages. Now, did you know that I have my teacher licensure in the state of Tennessee to teach Spanish? Did you know that I taught Spanish in high school for one year? And can you imagine the looks that I have gotten over the years when people have put those two facts together? The fact that someone with an accent from East Tennessee can teach Spanish. I say that not so much just to sympathize with the apostles, but also to tell you that if you would have walked into my first period class that year, you too might have thought that those people were drinking. (laughs) Secondly, the crowds were willing to listen to the sermon. This, though, is Peter's sermon, not my own. Thank goodness. This sermon appears between the two texts that were read today. You have to remember that these were Jews, not Christians. So what would have made this attempt at a sermon so different from sharing of Christ's story to the pious Pharisees some time ago when Christ was still here? But verse 41 does tell us that it was the sermon that gave the salvific transformation. It says, So then those who received Peter's words were baptized. The crowd did not seek baptism immediately after they had thought the apostles were drunk, even those who had accepted. They were befuddled, confused. They needed a bit of help with the story. So in his sermon, Peter does just that. He turns the crowd's attention to the prophecy of Joel. And after having read the scripture, or probably more likely recited the scripture, he goes into an expositional sermon that tells them their story. It's the story of Israel, of kings, of Jesus Christ, of the Holy Spirit, and of abundant life. It's after they heard this, the passage says, that they were pierced at the heart and wondering what to do. The Spirit is a storyteller. From the very beginning of time when the Spirit hovered over the waters, God began to tell a story. The Spirit guides us to characters through scenes, up and down, rising and falling action, and points us to the end all throughout our life. Story sharing is community building. And when the Spirit comes to the crowd there gathered in Jerusalem, the Spirit compels Peter to tell a story in the midst of this rather diverse group. And through the rehearsal of this story and the willingness to listen, community was established. And listen to what happens through that act. Three thousand were saved. And 
Those who had believed were together and had all things in common, records our scripture. And they began selling their property and possessions and were sharing them with all as anyone might have need. Day by day, continuing with one mind in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, taking their meals together with gladness and sincerity of heart, praising God and having favor with all people. The early church was created to be a community-building entity that offers a home to all travelers who may pass by along the way. McLean Baptist Church is an extension of the church universal and a legacy of that early church. And we, too, adopt that call. And quite a few years ago, a group from our church, with Beth Eccles being one of them, created the International's Ministry here that operates on Monday mornings. It's a time and space welcome to all of those international travelers that may pass through McLean on their life journey. It's a space for them to come to develop their story, to feel welcomed, as we have heard through their testimonies today. The group shares stories together, breaks bread together, makes memories together, and I can assure you, shows favor to all people. It's a fellowship of the peace of the Spirit that comes to each of us. What I like most about this part of the story is that it's not from some congregation down the road somewhere. This is our story. The story that McLean Baptist Church is writing and living we here are helping others to write their story literally. Someone today in their testimony said that they wrote a book that was published through being in one of the classes at our internationals ministry. Those people who established that ministry came from a group willing to listen to the needs of the community and willing to step out in boldness and help McLean Baptist Church write a story. You know, there are dozens of others around this place, too, that are authors and storytellers here. So many Sunday school teachers that carve out a space each week for God's story to be told. So many people who come to Wednesday night dinners and listen to the work of the Spirit that's taking place in the lives of those sitting around the table. It's the deacons who make visits and it's the sympathy cards and the words within them that write our story. It's so easy to overlook this as simply superfluous, something extravagant to the things that we're trying to do here. But this is what the Spirit did first, establish community and establish a story. May we all pray together. Holy God, you came to us with the gift of your spirit to give us a story. We have been inspired, God, by those in our lives that have helped us to write our own story and to include you in it. We pray this day you would give us the boldness of tongues of fire to recount our story to the world and also to listen, to listen to how you work in our lives and listen to how you work in this world. Thank you, God, for the gift of language, whether that be verbal or nonverbal, that we may communicate your glorious story 
to one another. It's in your name that we pray. Amen.